Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Here we go. Round two, folks. Fight. Welcome to uh, Catholic Stuff Podcast, Catholic Stuff You Should Know. I went to uh, a like a video arcade bar the other day called One Up. Yeah. Downtown Over, on Colfax or by, yeah. by the Rockies? On Colfax. Cool. It was fun. We played skee-ball. We played uh, Cruising World. NBA Jam. Street Fighter, NBA Jam, mm-hmm. Pinball. My favorite game there is the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Oh, yeah. Is it like the Nintendo, that old one? Or is yep. it... Oh, yep. really? Yep. Yep. Dun, 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 Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that thing where he throws the... Raphael throws his... Yeah. Is uh, like a thing that you're shooting I'm try, stars. I'm trying to think of the sound. Shooting stars. This is Father Nathan. And this is Father Mike. We, Welcome to Catholic Stuff. We got off topic know. for a couple seconds, but we're back. And um, yeah, we are recording round two of our September first week podcast in honor of Father John's request to get some podcasts in the hopper. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, oh. Jackie. Well, there we go. Yep. So... Um, Father Mike recorded a very lovely podcast. I told him uh, that I actually got a little emotional towards the end, so wow. I appreciate that. Well, thank you. This one's going to be a little different. Uh-oh. But, uh, Here we go. Buckle up. Happy days. Happy days were, were Click a lot it or of fun. tick it. Click it or tickle. <laughs> we had a priest. I don't know if we've told this story, but we had a priest uh, who's got this huge smile and a very, uh, very big laugh. He used to tell me um, all throughout the Easter season. Now, I'm I generally I'm pretty smiley, I think. But he used to tell me, would you please inform your face that it's Easter season? Alleluia. Was this Sal Min? No, that's oh. kind of, that's a bad accent. But this was, um, uh, oh, no, what's his name? Joseph Tran. Joseph Tran. Yeah. Father Joseph Tran. Yeah. And then he gave this homily where... Um, he was a deacon in the seminary, and you st- you're kind of doing tryout homilies, and you're preaching for the first time. Mm-hmm. And uh, he started his homily by saying, um, I passed this sign that said, click it or ticket, and I thought it said, click it or tickle. <laughs> <laughs> and then he starts giggling, and he can't stop. Yeah. So he just went and sat down. That was the whole homily. <laughs> and I think that was probably my favorite homily ever. <laughs> Click it or tickle. I thought that was Zhao Min. No, no, no. It's Joseph Tran. <laughs> he was laughing and laughing. Yeah. Yep. You know Joseph Tran. Oh, yeah. He's got that big laugh and that beautiful big oh, smile. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Father Joseph is the pastor of St. Joseph's now. So. Oh, yeah. And right. uh, Golden. So, yep. It's, uh, he's, he's great. I hope he doesn't mind that I tell that story. It was, it's delightful. Oh, no. I think Brings that's... joy to this heart. Yep. To this cold, <laughs> this cold, cold heart. Hi. I got gummy worms in front of me. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Father Michael went and did a little uh, snack run in the middle of our last podcast, and it was very hard for me to not just immediately tear into the um, chocolate donuts, Hostess chocolate donuts. Oh, yeah. Those things are crack. Oh. Hostess. So Hostess, is, there's the Hostess, and then there's Little Debbie. Yep, and those and then are there's, different things. Then there's Sarah and the oatmeal Lee. cream pie that I like. And then there's Tasty Cake. That's Little Debbie. Uh-huh. Oh, there's Tasty Cake. I don't even know what that is. Tasty Cake is Philadelphia. Okay. So, yeah, they have they have some good stuff. Hostess Donuts. Tasty Cake out I here that... is not as good because it takes so long for it to get here. 
Um, I find that Little Debbie is better in the Midwest. Yeah. Because it's it's centered in like, you know, I, I don't know where Little Debbie's Somewhere out in the of. the Midwest. But so it's fresh. It's fresher, right. I think they use tons of preservatives, though. I mean, that yeah, stuff is kind of plastic. I can tell. Even the donuts is like, that chocolate is plastic. Where is this hostess made? Let's look. Doing a little investigation. Sorry, no offense to these people. They, their product tastes great, but... Oh, Hostess is Kansas City, Missouri. Oh, there it is. Who knows where it's baked, though? It could have been baked in, like, you know, Fort Collins or something. China. Everything's no. China. <laughs> no way. Little Debbie. Oh, yeah, I was they telling the somebody plant. the other day that uh, I used to ride up to the marathon with, like, 56 cents on me. 56 cents? What's a marathon? It sounds like a store. It's a gas station. It's like 7-Eleven. Yeah, those are like East Coast 7-Elevens. Ah. So um, Marathon, and they had a 35-cent soda machine. So I'd get a ruby red squirt, mm-hmm. and I'd go inside and get a selection of the 25-cent uh, Little Debbie snack cakes. So sometimes it was strawberry shortcake, sometimes it was oatmeal cream pie, sometimes it was a granola How many bar. do you get? Are you combining? Oh, just one? Oh, I would just, I'd, I'd take enough money there you know, to get a little snack. Little Debbie snack, and then you know the the and your ruby red ruby ruby red squirt, man. Oh yeah, that's pretty good. My grandma used to have this um, diet right. Oh, gosh. it was like a raspberry thing. I don't think I'd like it now, but as a kid, that was it, man. And then she had squirt in there too, but it wasn't ruby red. It was like that classic. Yeah, what is it? Grapefruit. Yeah, drink? yeah. Yep. The um, uh, Father Mason Fraley makes a wicked uh, margarita. With squirt and Ooh. tequila. Ooh, Father Mason, call me. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know. I mean, it's it's not exactly a margarita, but it goes down quick. Ooh, so sounds good. But we used to go to Seven Eleven. We'd either ride our bikes or we'd rollerblade up there, and then we'd get Slurpees. I mean, it's just classic. It would be the Coca Cola. Oh yeah, and the cherry right mix mix. Oh yeah, you could only get that at Kmart where I was. Okay. They didn't have a they didn't have a Slurpee machine. Oh yeah, that's Slurpee. But now they have like these things called Freel. Do you remember Freel? No, Icy. No, they had it in Rangeley. Really? Yeah, like the 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 milkshakes, milkshake in a in a can or oh, whatever. Oh, it's in a big case. It looks like those yeah, soda, soda exactly. cases with the glass on the yeah, front. Yeah, and you can you get like a strawberry door. or cookies and cream shake. No, see, I never do that stuff. I'm not a sweets guy. But you did it for was, me whenever we were in Rangeley. Oh, nice. You brought back a milkshake and uh, Slim Jims. Yeah. And I think that was our dinner. Oh, boy. And Rangely Panthers. Oops, sorry. Dude, I met one of your um, kids from Rangely who's now um, teaching for Christ in the City. Claire Denny. I just saw her yesterday. She was nine years old Lunch when in the you park. were up there. I know. She was a baby. Now she's out of high school. She's oh. a missionary, full-time missionary to the poor of Denver. Yeah. Incredible. And she's loving it. You know what I wanted you... I, I, I told her uh, yesterday that I would try to get you to do an impression of Claire Denny. Because she said she's become... They call her country. That's oh, like yeah. her nickname. She is. But she was hip over there in range. Oh, she still is. Yeah. She was, wearing, she was wearing a classic hipster dress last night at the Missionaries of Charity Mass for Mother Teresa. Oh, nice. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're going to fit in right in. Oh, yeah. Denver. No, she's liking it. Yeah. She kind of missed, they do a media fast for the first three weeks. Recommended to anybody, by the way. If you get it three weeks and you just want to do a, a media purge. fast. yeah. Um, 
Interesting. But then she she did say she was missing Rangely a little bit. So Rangely Panthers. All you Catholics out there at Saint Ignatius, you know that your your sweet little Saint Claire is uh, praying for you, yep. missing you. Yep. They they got on me because I I haven't been to uh, lunch in the lunch in the park. You come with me, man. Yeah, and then they're like, Father Mike comes all the time. I was like, Father Mike doesn't have an assignment. And they go, Father yeah. Mike's assigned to Rome. And I was like, and when he's not in Rome, he can you know come yeah. and do whatever. Well, and I don't go all the time. I've been but a I couple was, times this But summer. I was like, you're right. I should come. But uh, Hector does. He is devout. He goes every time. Every time? Well, no, I've seen him there a lot. Wow. I should say that. Because I don't go every time. I don't even know. I he's the real that. deal. But he's really doing it. I yeah, love it. I like that stuff. And he goes in his sandals like Franciscan. Cool. Open toe. I don't know. What do people think about open toe sandals on priests? They, I guess I don't care, they actually. I don't that, want that feedback. They think so. we're religious. Yeah. Anytime I wear my sandals and they see me out in my clerics, they're like, oh, what order are you? And I'm like, I'm a Dawson priest. They're like, oh, you're in sandals. I'm like, yeah. When I became ordained, there was no clause about wearing dress shoes. So. Yeah. You can wear any colored shoes. I don't have any problem. Father Jan, uh, what he's 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 deceased. Uh, Mucha, mm-hmm. Father Jan Mucha, the Polish priest. Yeah, he would always wear tennis shoes, yeah. like white tennis shoes. I like that. Oh, it was cool. Anyways, yeah. okay. So I um, lunch in the park. I we'll was wearing try. blacks. I had my collar popped. You know, just like the top. Yeah, yeah. it's the, not the Olo look. Yeah, it's just kind of open. And I'm wearing all black and everything, and I'm down there at the park. I had two different people ask me if I wait on tables. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. It's a waiter look. Oh, yeah. Father Olo wears this vest all the time, so he's a caterer. Yep. I don't know. Like I just maybe bought a vest. Servant, servant at the banquet of Olo's the Lord. Olo's here. I, I, I just bought a vest because I want to look cool like Olo. But it's like, it's like gray and kind of plaid, and I think it's going to look awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be sweet. I'm looking forward to it. People are going to be like, that's lame. You should purge it. And it's just going to make me want to save it all the more. I know, right. So. But it, the test will be how often you wear it. Because he wears his all the time. Oh, yeah. He's faithful. It's actually really yeah, nice I mean, to wear, it's, it's to a, wear signature a vest look. with clerics because then you, they don't see your barbecue stains on your shirt. That's actually me. They see the barbecue stains on your vest. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> all right. So this summer... If you recall, uh-huh. uh, many moons ago, I was fortunate enough to have a major accident the day after World Cup started. Yes. And we were able to watch that some, was some awesome World Cup games. Do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite World Cup game? Um, I think maybe... Uh, I like that announcer. You know I like that announcer. Oh, yeah. That, that Mexican announcer. He's the best one. Yeah, the guy that was like... He's like... This is a 1v1. We are going to take you to... Uh, what was the chick's name? The, the lady announcer? Oh, yeah, the doctor. Oh, no. Oh, I yeah. We are going to our rules expert, Dr. Joe Macknick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> no, my favorite was... That was uh, a super duper kick. Germany, Mexico. I, I did not lose my mind anymore. Uh, see, I missed that game. I watched so many games with you, but what? I missed that game. I think no, my favorite was no, we watched it. Sweden Germany. Are Even you though sure? I, I they, my team lost, Sweden lost. Oh, that it was, was really that was exciting, really exciting yeah. game. 
And um, there was a little bit of a spoiler. I think it came from one Father John Neppel. Yeah, exactly. I find it hard to believe that you weren't at the Germany-Mexico game. I didn't see game. the Germany-Mexico game. That's one of the very few wow, that I missed. Wow, it was, it was incredible. So uh, I rekindled my love for soccer. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, did you ever play soccer growing up? Not until seminary, really. Well, I guess on the playground we used to play soccer, but I never played on the team. I played, I played Little League baseball. That was kind of I played thing. indoor soccer. Uh, I played indoor soccer with uh, Kyle Davis. Oh, yeah. Um, Old Kyle. Yeah, Kyle. Kyle Zane. Kyle Zane Davis. I don't know where that guy is anymore. Is he, was he, he goalie? He was an awesome dude. Uh, no, he was, a, he was a defender. Okay. Uh, but, I mean, in indoor, you just, you, I mean, you just. What age is that? Because I saw kids. I saw um, John's, uh, Father John's nephew playing. Right. And at that age, they're not oh. playing soccer. I just found out that my niece, Margaret, is playing soccer. And I'm like, she's like three. Yeah, yeah. That's they, not soccer. They run around. Half of them were picking their nose on the other field. And they're right. in play. Right. And then a couple of kids are kind of trying to follow the thing and looking at their parents. And the parents are like, yes, keep moving. I know. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I have to tell a funny story. So uh, Father Stephen Akers was out. Um, he was staying at my house. So I said... Uh, let's go get some breakfast. So we went to Einstein Bagels. Einstein Bagels has some delicious, savory breakfast sandwiches. Oh, yeah? What do you think about this? They're all bagel? All bagel, but it's cheesy hash brown bagel. It's a cheesy hash brown oh, bagel with three different kinds of meat, sausage, ham, bacon, oh, and Southwest uh, cream, Southwest schmear. Oh, man. It's amazing. That's not for the health lovers. There's a lot of health no. lovers in Colorado. No, no. no I got the spinach like Florentine. low-carb stuff? I got the spinach Florentine. That was the closest thing to health food that I could find there. They got everything bagels? I like oh, the yeah. salty ones. Here. Oh, yeah. Everything bagels. Jalapeno. That's what uh, Jeez. Steve, Steve Akers got, an everything bagel with uh, lox. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was that's, tasty. That's it a looks good tasty. Too. But, so we're there. We're there. We're waiting for our sandwiches or whatever. And this this lady is talking to her daughter, and her daughter's probably in like I don't know eighth grade or something. And she goes, "Mom, did um, did uh, did Percy did or no? What was her name? Did Riley score a goal? Did Riley score a goal in the last game?" And she goes, "Riley, no. <laughs> Riley didn't score. It was Percy." She goes, "Really? I thought it was. I thought it was Riley." She goes, "No, Percy scored it." She goes, "Did she?" Did she hit it off the post? And she goes, "No, she she beat him on a one v like one on one." It was like, I mean, Percy, are you serious? I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, is this why the parents talk about kids behind their back? It was so bad. When you're under ten, you can't talk like that. Yeah, but the mom Forever. was the mom was just like digging into this girl. I was just like, man, poor poor thing. Yeah, that poor girl, man. So these are the ones that grow up and. Resent the sports and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you remember when my, my parents were pushing me? Yeah. So we watched a lot of soccer, and I thought up a great analogy for uh, soccer and the spiritual life. Okay? Yeah. All right. So we're going to talk about fouls. We're going to talk about fouls, uh-huh. stoppage of play, yeah, and then cards. Okay? Uh, yeah. Yellow, red card. Yellow cards, No red offsides, card. or is that counting fouls? No, no, no. I mean, not really. Like... Okay. Um, so offsides, like the goal gets taken away or the play gets stopped, but there's no penalty. There's no like an, an actual like, yeah. you know, if you do that again, you're going to be in trouble. Right. It's okay? a throw in. So what's the goal of soccer? The goal of soccer is to score more points than your opponent. And how do you score goals? 
you oof like organize your team to set up plays that'll get close to the goal and you can hit it or you take on fouls and one v one and you uh you kick it over the wall of players ultimately it's just putting the ball in the back of the net oh okay simple i mean like yeah got to get past the goalie you got to put the ball in the back of the net so like i mean john gave a great homily a while ago about jackson playing you know soccer and he's like these kids are not playing soccer yeah. Um, they're like well, running see, that's around. That's what I was saying. They're running around, but they're not really, they haven't yet learned the, the goal of the game. Okay. Yeah. So the goal of the game is to eventually put the ball in the back of the net. And some people, when they're young, say, the way I put the ball in the back of the net is I do it. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't want to, yeah. if Percy's out there or, or whoever, Riley, I don't even know if these are the names. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm just, you know. Get the ball to Percy. Yeah. Like, Percy can score. Well, but I mean, like, if in soccer, you, you're not going to win if it's just one player. If it's just one player. Yeah, that's right. We saw that. We saw that in the, in the World Cup. I mean, I was cheering for uh, Croatia because yeah. I thought they played a great team game. Thought they played a little dirty at times. Yeah. They played a great team game. You know, the, the best, I think the best example was uh, Argentina. Argentina or Brazil. Yeah. They tried to put yeah, it all yeah. on Neymar or all on Messi, and it didn't work. Portugal. Portugal, yeah. yeah. I mean, they were, the able big, to beat lesser, they were able to beat lesser teams using only one guy, but it's a team effort. It's collaborative. Okay? Oh, yeah. So while the goal of soccer is to put the ball in the back of the net, it's not an individual goal. It's actually like a communal effort. Oh, yeah. It's a team game. One of, one of my game. favorite goals of the entire tournament, um, and I watched it probably, I want to say 40 times, because I had it on record, and I had a broken arm, and I wasn't doing <laughs> anything sounds, else. Sounds neurotic. I watched it from but it's every, a good goal. It's every single it. angle. Uh-huh. It was the goal of Belgium. It was the goal for Belgium to beat, um, who was that, Japan? Okay. I think it was Japan. Um, and they, uh, the goalie takes the, he makes a save, throws it right out to a guy who passes it twice, and then he goes forward, um, he goes forward, uh, goes towards the net, then makes a pass that looks like it's going to Lukaku, who was their striker. It's a dummy, so he makes a dummy run only to give it to the next guy who has a wide open net and he just drills Boom. it. And in less than in less than thirty seconds, they they oh, won the game. Oh wow! Cross so, the field, right? I mean, they they did the entire length of the field using like five players, and um, and it wasn't just an individual effort, but every yeah. portion. So okay, that's the first thing of the spiritual life. It's a communal effort. Yeah. If you're just trying to do it by yourself to win the game by yourself. It's not going to work. You need other people. Yeah. You need to, you need to collaborate now, with Now, how other far people. are you taking these, this analogy? This is an analogy, every analogy. Up, no, no, no. I'm just thinking like you're going up against big forces. And if you try to go up alone against all these forces, they're just going to, they're going to gang up on you. Yep. And right. you, you're not going to win. You're not going to make it. But right. And you, also, you don't you win. Just, you, you don't, don't wear yourself an, out. Yeah. You don't win as an individual in soccer. You win as a team. Yeah. And while one player may have a great game, the team can still lose. Um, and the task is allowing everyone to, to, to perform their role so that all can succeed. And you can have some stars, but those stars shine even brighter when you have other people. 
Um, yeah. And sometimes you're a star, and sometimes you actually win by just being the defender and doing your job. So, I mean, it's not, I mean, granted, like everybody wants to be a striker, but if you have a great striker and you have a crappy midfielder, I mean, the striker's not going to get the ball, and the defense is going to be ruined because the guy's not getting back. Yeah, I like um, football for this, just like a, a, another metaphor. That is, on uh, unless you know the game really well and you know all the players, you're really only going to know a couple of the players on the team. But unless every player on that team is really good, right. like the linesmen are really good, yeah. then your team's going to lose. And you're going to look at that team and just say, oh, maybe the quarterback's bad or the, the receivers or whatever. But, in fact, it's a lot of that support team who never gets named, you know? Yeah, but that's the reason, that's the reason why I like soccer better is because every player touches the ball. Yeah, that's like true. Like every player touches the ball and every player encounters someone who could either make or break yeah. uh, their, their defense. And you get to see, you get to see every player sh- shine because yeah. the, the camera or the, the eye – you know, the audience follows the right. ball. Right. Yeah, I like that. Okay. So, okay. So, I mean, you got to know the goal of the game. Put the ball in the back of the net. And you got to play as a team, right? And then, uh, so in the spiritual life, the goal of the Christian life is to be holy. And to grow in holiness, to emulate and to imitate and to be a, a vessel of God's love to the world. And that actually gets you to heaven. But... I mean, if you say the goal of the Christian life is to get to heaven, then you're missing how you get there. You know, like yeah. that's like saying the goal of the goal of soccer is to win the World Cup. No, the goal of soccer is to put the ball in the back of the net yeah. and to score more goals than the other team. So obviously, if you do that, you are going to win the World yeah. Cup. But heaven is something I think secondary. I think it's I think it is holiness. I think it's love. Okay. And you, you can't do that alone. You can't, you can't live the Christian life. You can't work as a team. You can't work as an individual on love. You need another in order to love. Yeah. Okay? So we're going to talk so about infractions. St. Basil, was it? Yep. This is a good question for Olo. Yeah. He said, uh, you know, how do I love if I have no one to serve? It's like a quote for, mm-hmm. I probably butchered that quote, but that's basically the yeah. gist of it. If you live he, alone, whose feet will you wash? He insisted on having, yeah, there you go. He insisted on having uh, community life as a monk. They were monks, you know. And he said, uh, I've got to have community. It's not, it's not just me and Jesus. We can't do this. Got to have that community. Right. You know, for love. Because you've got to love somebody. You got it. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of the, that's kind of the field of play. Kind of mm-hmm. have the, you know, whatever. But now we're going to talk about fouls. Okay. Uh-oh. So a guy can do something wrong mm-hmm. and... There's no, like, stoppage of play. Like, when would that happen? Um, in soccer, uh, if you, maybe if you do the wrong slide tackle. Yeah, if you, like, trip the guy. Yeah, the whistle, or if it was questionable, they'll whistle it down, right. and then the other team gets to kick the ball in. Yeah, but f- it's usually right away. Yeah, it's a quick start. You yeah. know, like, they don't, they don't shame anybody. They just kind of say, like, hey, blow the whistle. Don't do that again. Yeah. Like, if you got a foul on one end of the uh, one end of the field, and you're moping about it, and the the play has continued, what have you done? Yeah, you're, you've jeopardized your team, or yeah. you hurt your team. Yeah, you've taken yourself out of the game. You're missing you're missing the flow of play. Get back in the game. 
keep doing it, okay? Mm-hmm. So you have these things in life where you do something wrong, and maybe it was deliberate, maybe it, was, maybe it wasn't deliberate, but you actually hurt another person. Incidental. Incidental contact, right. Yeah, yeah. You could have avoided it, you didn't. Whether it was accidental or deliberate, the, the ref blows the whistle, and then you move on, okay? These guys, they don't worry about, like, how many fouls have I done? They're just about playing the game. They yeah. just keep playing. Now, Jason, Father Jason once reminded me, if you get too many of those incidental fouls, it shows a carelessness. Yeah. It shows that you actually don't, you, you don't care what other people do on the field, and you're going to play your own way, and then eventually that can lead to a more serious penalty. Serious penalty. To the yellow card. Yeah, I mean, the ref is kind of telling you, all right, you know, that, that's going to slide, keep playing, but I'm watching you. I'm watching you. Yeah. Right. But the ref isn't watching just to punish you. Right. He's trying to keep the flow of the game going. And the best refs are the ones that stay mostly invisible, or if there is a, a serious breach, that they make the right call. Yeah. You know? And a lot of players get um, a lot of penalties. Or, or not, I mean, most of the players get some sort of penalty during You get some foul. Play. Yeah. Right. You do something. And sometimes there are, I mean, here's where the analogy breaks down. Sometimes there are good challenges. Okay, where it's like you needed to make a foul in that instance to stop the flow of play, but like if you it wasn't it wasn't egregious, and the the ref is going to blow the the whistle on it, but don't do that, don't do that again, and don't do it like you know deliberate again. The analogy breaks down. Fine, okay. So you have fouls that happen. The people you know like you know commit, and then the ref kind of blows the whistle, stops the play, keeps going. Right. What's the difference between a foul and a card? Well, with the foul, you just turn the ball over. Um, with the card, you you stop the game. You get a warning, and you're at risk for getting thrown out of the game if you get another one. If you get a yellow card, or even yeah, for the card, right? If you get a yellow card, yeah. Right? There are two kinds of cards: yellow card, which is caution; red card, which is stop, and not just stop. Yeah. You're out. Okay. And I, I, I don't know if there's a penalty to the team if you get too many yellows. It's not like basketball that way. But um, it, certainly if you get a red, you're out of the game, and then your team plays down a man. Down, right. Um, and then I think you maybe miss the next game or something. Right. So yellow card is like – and I, I don't want to go into all of the things, but I'll just list some of the, some of the reasons why you can get a yellow card. Um, which is called a misconduct. Not just a foul, it's a misconduct. Ah. A yellow card is shown by the referee to indicate that a player has been officially cautioned. The player's details are then recorded by the ref in a small notebook. Hence, a caution is also known as a booking. His first booking. Uh, A player has been cautioned may continue playing the game. However, a player who receives a second caution in a match is sent off, shown the yellow card again, and then a red card. Blah, blah, blah. So one of the, some of the reasons why you can get yellow cards. Unsporting behavior, dissent by word or action, persistent infringement of the laws of the game, delaying the restart, failure to respect the required distance uh, when replay is restarted with a corner kick, entering or reentering the field of play, deliberately leaving the field of play without the ref's permission. I think another one says removing one's shirt or climbing on a perimeter fence in celebration of a goal. Okay? Yeah. Unsportsmanlike conduct. So you can have fouls. And those are kind of like small sins, mm-hmm. small infractions. You're hurting yourself. You're hurting is this others. Venial? You're are hurting your, your team. That far, right? 
Okay. Kind of like these are serious things, but like I mean, I would never again. The analogy breaks down. You you cannot deliberately intend to do something wrong and say that it's good. Yeah, you screwed up. You screwed up. You know it, but it's not. You didn't hurt somebody, and you didn't commit one of these right. infractions. Right. Like your friend says, "Hey, do you want to go to dinner with me?" And you say, uh, "I think I got other plans." But what you're trying to do is wait for the surprise. For his birthday party, and you're going to lie or whatever. So, I mean, like, one can't say... Don't give him ideas. <laughs> I mean, it's hard because... Creativity. Like, that's, I'm sure everybody's not, got their own I mean, example. That, that may not even be a sin, but you get the idea, whatever. But when you get to a misconduct, that's when you get to a place where it's like, we have to stop the whole game now. Oh, and yeah. we have to show you this is what you have done that's wrong. Yeah. And you can't keep doing that because... Uh, you're hurting yourself, you're hurting others. Like, we're no longer playing the game because of you. Yeah, the game's at risk. And usually it's because it's dangerous, you know? Right. The way you're playing has become dangerous. Yep. Right. So it's hard because, um, like, this is, again, where the analogy breaks down because we understand the difference between venial and mortal sin such that venial sin still preserves the life of grace in the soul. It diminishes one's uh, ability to be in relationship with God and with others. And if over time, persistent venial sin can actually lead to an indifference, which makes one at risk for a mortal sin. Yeah, Yeah, I like it. But I think with with mortal sin, like, again, the analogy breaks down, but in mortal sin, it's like, yellow yellow card, you can have have an infraction and then kind of say, like, you know, that was wrong. And then the guy says, don't do it again or else you're going to get thrown out. Um, and then they usually shake, you know. There's kind of a reconciliation yeah, there. And then they move on, right? And you can keep playing the game having committed a yellow card. Yeah. But, when but you, you might have just taken somebody off the field. You might have hurt somebody. For and a yellow card, uh, usually the guy's getting back up. Okay. If it was so egregious, if it was so uh, such a violent challenge that the dude is, like, getting carried off legitimately on the stretcher. That's a red card. That's a red card. Okay. Right. And that's where, like, it's not just, I'm going to show you this card, and now you have to, you know, do the, do the you know, like, the walk of shame. It's like, you're out of the game. Yeah, you're sitting out. You're done. You're out. And what happens when you get a red card? Hurts the rest of the team. Hurts the rest of the team. Everybody else is screwed yeah. because of your indifference. Because of your, um, your selfish play. Carelessness, yeah. Right. And in mortal sin, when we say, I choose this over everything else, although it may seem like, no, I got angry and I wanted to do this, or I was selfish and I didn't want, I didn't want them to score a goal, so I used my hand to block it. It's like, no, dude, you're done now. Like, you've, you've not only stopped the flow of play, you're not even playing the game anymore, so go. And that's where, with red cards, they've got to leave the field of play, and not only do they not get to play the rest of that game and your team plays down, but the next game, you don't get to play. Yeah. You're thrown out. Now, somebody else can take your place. You don't have to play down uh, with 10 men in that game, but you can play with 11 men, but other people are going to take your spot. Yeah, and you were a valuable player. 
probably if you were yeah. on the field. We need starting. everybody on there. Yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're the striker or the midfielder or the defender or the goalie or whoever. The team needs you, and when you leave the field of play, like it's going to make it all the more difficult for us to accomplish the goal of of, of putting the ball in the back of the net. Yes. Well, now are you take? Is there something about uh, excommunication here, or is it just? Well, I mean, you can take you know, it even further. I don't, mean, don't, don't. You know, I, I guess I've played this game, and other people play this game of sort of like I know I'm falling into serious sin, but I go to confession. I'm on it pretty regularly, and, um, and I, I mean, I don't want to discourage people from just being faithful to confession and well, getting I, there. That's where but the analogy, yeah, that's where the analogy like, fails. You know this. This stuff hurts other people, and it helps to think of it like that too. I yeah. think for repentance sake, like everybody who comes to confession, they want to beat this sin. They want to be a good person. Right. They want to get out of this this mm-hmm. hole, and they want grace for it. You know, and we want that for them. You know, you watch Jesus want that for them and try to give it to them. You know, um, but there there are there's certain wisdom that can help us to actually convert. And to change and to cooperate with the grace of confession, to say I'm not going to do this anymore, and, and to make it happen, you know. And one of those things might be, you know, look at the consequences of this stuff. You know, it hurts other people, and um, it's not just like I'm scared. I'm scared about hell, so I'm going to get there, and then I'm not going to think about anything. You know, a reflective life that takes seriously the consequences of you know sin and life, and and grace on the other side. You know of like the amazing things that can happen through graces in your life for the community. But, uh, yeah, I see your a lot particip- of good. I think part of what we're saying is your participation in the game um, is, is you, just your presence in the game helps the whole team. Yeah. And if you get to a point where it's like, no, I'm going to choose to act on my own in a way against another player or for my own gain or whatever, like it may seem like, no, no, no I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to succeed. Like you're going to fail and then you're going to be sent off. And the rest of us have to deal with life playing a man down. Yeah. And that's part of the, that's part of the frustrating thing is right now, I think there's a lot of people who think they're in the game and they've already been sent off. Oh, they've yeah. been sent off. Maybe they know it, maybe they don't know it, maybe they don't care, but they don't care that we're playing man down. We're playing a man mm-hmm. down, and maybe two men down, and it's much harder to defeat our opponents when we don't have everyone involved. So, yeah, yeah there's grace, there's reconciliation, whatever, but like, what I was trying to communicate was a lot of times people are obsessed with the small sins, the little, you know, like, uh, little things, and yeah. it's... It's like the game's still going on. Yeah, get back up. Get back in the game. Yeah. Like, we need you to make. Maybe it helps to, t- to talk about just like the church's teaching on um, the Eucharist and about um, an examination of conscience mm-hmm. and a good act of contrition. There's ways to take care of venial sin. Yeah. That's like, okay, I paid that dues. I'm back in. Right. Which is, you don't um, have to. Yeah. You know, at the end of the night, you say, you make a good act of contrition. You say, I'm sorry for this. Lord, forgive me. Yep. Boom, you're back in. You go to Mass, and uh, the Mass has a penitential rite at the beginning, but the Eucharist itself takes care of that sin. Right. Boom, you're back in the game. Right. Get back in there. 
So the, I, to me, the point is there comes a time, there comes a time where someone is more obsessed with the smaller fouls than they are about playing the game. Mm. Also, you have people that are, that are more obsessed with playing their own way and not realizing that they've been, they've been booked. They're out. Uh, They're not even playing on the field anymore. Yeah. And that doesn't just hurt them. It hurts the entire team. And so whatever sin we get into, it has a communal component, but so also does a life of grace. A life of grace has a communal component in which we are we're in this together. Yeah. So that's all I wanted to say. Now, I, I wonder about this. Just I, I don't know if we have time for this, but I wanted. I had another question about this sort of communal reality. We keep saying we we're saved as a community. You know, mm-hmm. look not upon the the sins of the church, but upon our faith. You know, ours, not mine. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Um, what does that mean when you die? Because there's an individual judgment, isn't there? Yep. I'm wondering is there is there like this advocacy from people around you, like character wis- witnesses? Who are going to say, yeah. you know what? We prayed together. This guy helped me. This, you know, yep. there was some good here. Listen to this story. All this stuff. That, we don't know exactly. That's but. the balance. Mm. I think that's the balance that we look at and say, "Have I done more good than evil?" However, we cannot just simply boil the Christian life down to do more good things right. than you do it's bad not things. Karma. Yeah, the guy, the guy on the cross had done more bad things then quite possibly he had done good things. Yeah. But at the end of his life, he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Yeah. You know? So I, I would say that... Uh, but like, what about, the, yeah, what about the advocacy of the community of saints? You know, we ask for their prayers. Maybe that's it. Right. You know, they're helping us now, and we're helping each other. You know? But there's, there, might, there is a moment where you stand alone in front of the Lord, and you, you know, kind of face your life together. Right, and what you want to have communicated is, I cared more about, I cared more about others than I did about myself, mm. and and as long as, as long as I was actually like my soul, I cared about my soul, but I cared about other people's souls and other people's bodies more than I did about my own yeah. body. I didn't sit around looking at that mirror, which is like worrying. Right. Know. Right, and I, I would say, or I'm just like so arrogant. I'm that guy that who's going to score all the goals, and then I don't know where the rest of the team is. That actually, I mean, I think that should that should actually console us in a way that there will come a time in which, yes, every one of our sins will be you know kind of disclosed, and we will face judgment for it. Provided we've gone to confession, provided we've asked for the mercy of God, provided we've called upon Jesus. Like, we believe that those sins can be taken away. However, there's also going to be a whole host of people, like you say, that are going, that are going to enunciate the ways in which we have helped them. And we hope that it's not to our shame, that it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to have all these people. I'm going to have all these people that I've helped. And it's like, no. Yeah. You didn't really... Well, and That was only for self-gain. And there's consequences, too. On the, on the flip side, there's consequences that we don't think about. You go to confession, you fix things, but the reason we talk about penance, the reason we talk about purgatory is that there, there are, there's fallout from yeah. your sin. People yeah. are hurt, yep. and it takes time for them to heal. 
Um, relationships need to be reconciled. It's uh, you, you hurt the body of Christ. They got to put some of that magic spray on their oh, on man, their calf. That spray fixes everything. I know. We should get <laughs> the sacraments are kind of like that. I wonder if Anointing. Amazon would sell you that magic spray that they use for a World Cup. What was that? I think, I think we used something on the Camino that was like um, ibuprofen spray, and it was it's illegal here, and for good reason because at one point I took. Huh. Two ibuprofen, and then I also sprayed my leg, and it's um, what do you call it? Intradermal or something? Uh-huh. It soaks into the skin. Yeah, and I think I overdosed because I was just feeling gross and feeling mm. like woozy and stuff as I was walking the Camino. It's just because you don't think of it as the same kind of medication. You don't know the dosage, right? But that's the magic spray. This is the analogy, like you know. We've taken it as far as we can. So, <laughs> a lot of soccer talk. Congratulations to uh, uh, Andrea Polito. She bet on France. She got on the bandwagon of France in the quarterfinals, and I predicted that they would lose to uh, England. Or no, I, predi- I predicted England would beat Croatia, and England would beat France, or whoever would beat France, and I lost, so I wear a six-pack. So congratulations. Congratulations. She it was, was a soccer player. She was a soccer, soccer player. Right. Percy. Yeah, she she thinks she was Percy. <laughs> uh, well, congratulations, as long as we're doing this, to uh, David Tucker, my brother-in-law, who's half French. Oh, yeah. And was going wild. Yeah. Uh, France. They. I was happy, I guess. Yeah. I mean, they played well. They G- did. Uh, Giroud. I, I like him. Olivier Giroud. And it's like a new generation. You know, they were a young team. There's a lot of promise. Right. It was, fun, point. it was a fun World Cup. I, I don't think I've paid attention to it that much since uh, seminary when I was living with the Redemptorist Mater guys, and we watched a lot of that stuff. My favorite is we watched World Cup in Mexico, and when Mexico beat uh, uh, France in the, whatever, 2010 World Cup, dude, it was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. Parties in the streets? Oh, yeah. Did anybody shoot off guns? Uh, maybe. <laughs> it's probably fireworks. Yeah. Hard to tell. Yep. So, all right. Uh, that's it. That's all I got. I don't, I don't think I have any shout-outs either. Well, I'd love to give shout-outs, but alas, I dropped my telephone with all the... They were... Uh, my shout-outs were on the notes. I was actually getting really responsible about shout-outs. I was listing them out whenever people introduced themselves, and... And I was getting really excited, and then I dropped it in the fish pond. In my fish pond. And it's gone. It's a goner. Yep. So, as well as the pictures um, from Carpenter. Shout out to all of you who made the list and will never know. We'll never know. Yep. All right. And uh, I don't have any, so... Um, okay, go team. Team players. To Kyle Zane Davis, wherever you are, oh, God yeah. bless you. To Jesse Shuckman, my childhood friend who was with a soccer player. Uh, Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook. Uh, Twitter. Lolo's got an itchy finger. Uh, He's ready to hit the Instagram. Uh, what's, what's the other one? The other one is called uh, Stitcher. Snapchat. Snapchat. Uh, Word Mouse. Uh, Danger Face. Alexa. Alexa, play uh, Tears for Fears. Siri. Play Catholic stuff you should know. Alexa, play Catholic stuff you should know. Whatever. Check us out. Thanks for listening. Laters. Laters.